Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Welcome to episode eight of Blood Culture. I'm Lance Dan. I'm David Wigram. I'm the show's creator. <laughs> you've gone. You've gone all trailer voice. Yeah, I thought that the show's getting more dramatic, and we should reflect it. We're so glad to be able to present this show to you. Uh, we got an opportunity after after the episode to talk to some of the actors, which um, is going to be fun. But for now, we're going to leave you with episode eight of Blood Culture. <laughs> I'm not hanging about! They're like two children caught stealing sweets from the shop. Sod the barrier! Love it! Yep, hold on tight! (laughs) They leave the car park barrier skittering down the road behind them. Oh god, that was amazing. You got a real knack for that. You are bloody hilarious. I can't believe we lasted as long as we did. Who are you calling? Who do you think we need to check in with our nerd boy? What? What do you want from me? Oh, hey, can you need Vinny? Got some sweet info, yeah? What's happening with Aisha? Do you know if she's okay? Aisha will be fine. Stop worrying. Look, things are moving on without a Benny boy. What if I told you the prof is making stem cells for Richard? Loads of them, all from a single donor. What kind of stem cells? Stem cells infected with thalassemia. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. It must be from Aisha, but you need a huge donation which they don't have, so it doesn't make any sense. And anyway... And anyway, have... why would you make a load of buggered stem cells? Exactly! Yeah, it's always been about the money with Richard. But it can't just be economics. This has got to be personal somehow. Look, who is this? Alan, shh, you can worry the inmates. It's okay, Venster, take it easy. What I want you to do is wrap your smart head around this concept and figure it out. Meanwhile, me and Alan are going to get a little bit more direct. I don't know who the hell you're talking to. Oh, that poor lad. He's doing his best. I don't know, but he needs to wake up. And what did you mean by a little more direct? Trust me. Oh, not in the slightest. I'm glad to hear it. Take a right. We're going back down south. You all right with that? I accept it. And I'm enthusiastic. <laughs> I can build on that. The black car is coming up the track. Breaking our world apart. Oh, they find us. My head swims. I'm exhausted. Looks like the limo Richard sent for me. That track's the only way onto the road. Get in the van! Get in the van! There's nothing in my muscles. Nothing left in my body. Dad pulls me into the passenger seat. Uh, that track's the only way onto the road. Uh, what? Uh, Two figures step out of the limo. Thick necks like bundles of rope. Shoulders set back. They wave for us to wait. I'm clutching the case of blood to my belly. We can't ram the car. We're not that heavy. Here come Tweedledum and Tweedledee. What do we do? I, I don't know. My mind's off balance. I can't think. Oh, where's Livy? God, I miss her. What would she do? She'd do something big. Something crazy. Something dangerous. The men are only a few steps away now. Dad. 
go off road. You sure? All right. We're barreling down the meadow towards the hedgerow and the road beyond. Butterflies scatter before us. Uh, I think there's a, uh, a ditch uh, over the hedge. Uh, can you get back, get back onto the track? Uh, the men in black are racing after us on foot, and the black limo is reversing, defending its territory, warning us off the safety of the gravel track. The van can't cope anymore. One wheel digs into the soft turf, and the weight of its fat back end rolls over us. The world spins, but only for us. Turning. Glass breaks. The case. Damn case, the case strikes me with the weight of everything that we've found and everything we don't know. Oh, God, I the Come on! The van's rolled to a halt onto its side, splintered and smashed. I can't have been out long. It's a second. Run! It has to be now! He drags me free, slaps the case into my arms. Get back, you bastards! can't be separated, can we? I made my decision. I sprint for the hedgerow. It seems so far to the bushes. I'm dizzy. From the crash. From the blood I lost when I got cut. From missing my transfusion and then... And then... Stop struggling. I have no strength. I'm a ragdoll pinned to the ground by a pit bull. Face pressed into the turf, I smell the grass, broken and trampled by my flies. Stop struggling. The mercenary pulls at the case. My fingers won't let go. I don't want to hurt her, sir. She's not in good shape, but she won't give up the case. Shush. Okay. Okay. You. Yes, Aisha, I'm here. I can help you if you let me. A young woman like you should be able to run a few meters, Aisha. You're not well, and I know the pains of a sickle cell crash only too well. Give me the case and I can help you. I'd that, wouldn't you? Get rid of it all. No, you don't understand, Aisha. I don't want to destroy it. It's what's in the case that will help you. The blood in the case. You need it in your veins. Uh. Alan and Livy are at Metabeta, outside, crouched in the dark, waiting, readying themselves. Right. Phones are charged. Hand me those belt clips. Alan is in his element now. Gear, kit, planning. Okay, great. Check those gaiters are going to secure around your boots. Um, like this? Um, hang on. Come here, mate. Oh, oh, yes, sir. He doesn't know what's going to hit him. Should stay tight like that. Eh? I don't see why we couldn't have parked further away. It's bloody hours till we can go in. No, just trust me on this, okay? It's easier if we're parked here. The uni was all yours, this one's mine. We're going to try and make less of a hash of the break-in than you did last time. Less of a... Okay, now, we've no insider knowledge. Who came away with the case? Yeah, but what I meant was... Shut it! Her hand slaps over his mouth. <laughs> Not so anyone can understand you. What <laughs> Shut up. No, but the point is, I do trust you. And we're doing this your way. And that's cool. <laughs> what? Your hand smells nice. <laughs> Shut up. 
for a hippie. Well, with four hours to kill, what do you think we can get up to? Well, I'm sure you can think of something. More than you can possibly imagine. Men, after they've been with Livy, they have a look about them. A hollow glassiness to their eyes. Happy, but uh, eventually and inevitably doomed. Poor Alan. You'll be feeling a little steadier now. Yes. Yes, I am. Take your time. Sit up when you're ready. There's no hurry. Hours have passed. I'm in the back of the Meta Limo, cheek pressed to the leather seats. Dad at my side, chewing nails and frowning. And there is Richard, the Grand Patriarch himself, smiling down at me. The ivy in my arm, leading to the blood. The bag with the eagle symbol on it, hauled this way and that, smashed, shaken and abused, dragged around the countryside. And now, it's flowing into my vein. Don't wait for me to say thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. You are your father's daughter, after all. You're right, Asia. Yeah. Hello again, Saul. Just shut up, would you, Dicky? So, this is who you've turned Renita's little girl into, is it? Dulling her sharp intellect with your weak liberalism and watching her risk her health and her future in their pursuit? Don't you dare talk to my dad like that! You're a product of two people, Aisha. A strange look passes over Richard's face. I can't decode it. He's not on autopilot here. He's not lecturing to his acolytes. He, he's engaged in a way I haven't seen before. I wish Ranita had been there to raise you. I'm glad she is who she is. The past is long gone. Like she says, she's her own woman now. No one has a hold over a dicky. Nothing in the past can touch her. That's true. That's true. And he turns away to stare out over the fields of Somerset. Unless, of course, the past has secrets that need to be told. Right. You ready to fire her up, Captain? Aye, aye. After three. One, two, three. Now. Locks switch and flip and whir, and Livy and Alan have penetrated the inner sanctum of Metabeta. Is that it? Is that it? Yes, that's it. That's 20 grand's worth of jamming kit hiding us from being seen. Does this mean we can start whispering? Because I really want to shout down this corridor. It's hiding us from being seen. Well, can we get on with it then? Yeah, all right. They retrace the bleached corridors of Metabeta, unseen by the blinded cameras. They stop at the reinforced door behind which Livy found the blood samples. Right, turn around. I need something from your back. Alan pulls out a crowbar. Okay, you're good. Now then, give us a hand. There, it's open. That was pretty hot. You are a freak. Now come on, concentrate. A long room, dark and shimmering with brushed steel and frosted glass. That's time to steal cabinet with her. Oh, yeah, there's one. Oh no. This is all empty! Yeah, these are too. This is a right line. Definitely! I've just realised what this alarm means. What? I can shout it louder! 
That doesn't help. Bananas! You're dead. Right. Stay where you are. Livy charges in, obviously. The night lashes at her. Livy, watch out. He's got a... Cattle prod. Livy's on the floor, writhing in pain. You bastard! Stay back! The two men circle each other. Now, back up. You make me. He jams the cattle prod into Livy's side. All right, all right. Come back. Back. Yeah? Not far enough, I'd say. Alan's blood runs hotter than his filter in so long, but he's trapped. Tell, tell. I've got, yeah, two this time. Don't worry, they're not getting away again. It seems like Dad, Richard and I are lost in this dreamy landscape of Glastonbury. But we're also hemmed in on the paths by which we left it 25 years ago. If you've got something to say, Richard, say it. Shall I, Saul? Shall I say it? Dad turns to me with a look of relief. Aisha. You're Rani's daughter, all right, but you're not mine. I hear the blood rushing in my ears and everything feels a long way away. The whole scene, then. You've no idea. Changed this country forever. We made something special. But there were also people who didn't chime on our vibe. They were there, too. Every generation thinks they've made something special, unique. It isn't true. Can't be, by definition. We were in love! You took advantage of the scene! The drugs! Of her! In Saul's head, I'm some kind of opportunist. Rapist, even. You never knew your mother, Aisha. But let me tell you, she made her own choices, just like you do. She knew what she was doing. God, no. She never loved you. Do you understand that, Richard? She always hated what you did, what you stood for. She bore my child, Saul. Did she do the same for you? The world spins, not like it did when I was crashing from the sickle cell. That was just my body, but now everything, everything I care about has been launched into the air. And I don't know where it's going to land. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash realm. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Livy is on the floor in pain and incapable. Alan is trapped. What? Shut it! Oh, to you again! Even though her jaw is locked shut by the electricity, of course, Livy still manages to speak. Oi! I accept your offer. Enthusiastically. What? Alan is on him in a flash. His violence is a terrible thing. The night guard doesn't last long. His cattle prod skids across the concrete floor. His head crashes down too. He kneels by Livy and cradles her head. God damn, woman. You'll be all right, though. I promise. All right, son. Now you can go to intensive care where you can tell me what I want to know. Do you get that? Yes. So where did this blood go? Everything that was stored in this room, where did it go? There was a cold store lorry. A big HGV. The guy was from Cardiff. He was going on about driving the rig through the valleys. Where in the valleys? I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. I only know the nickname. The code name. Well? It was all going to the campus. They took all the blood to the campus. Richard holds me with his gaze. There's a vulnerability now that I've not seen before. Instead of pinning me like a butterfly to a board, he's drawing me in. I hope this will make everything easier for you to understand, Aisha. Why you hold such a special role at Meta, why you've been kept safe despite your transgressions. But it's not this man I care about right now. Saul is sitting up straight, looking calm. What did he say? You know what it was like back then. This wasn't the only hookup that happened, but you know, you're, you're you. I love you. Does it need to be more than that? went to work for Richard? Just got too much, love. What can I say? All this talk of high ideals and ethics, and he can't even be straight with his own daughter, or whatever the hell I am. It, it can't be. How, how can you be so sure? And then it clicks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, the blood says you, you can tell from the blood. Yeah, I've got it as well. Sickle cell C. I do understand you, like I understood your mother. It's how we came to be together. That was our bond. In that briefcase, a lab-grown red blood cells built to carry oxygen for me and therefore for you. So, so what, what, what do we do now? Now, Aisha, I can finally take you to see what I've built. What have you built, Richard? It's my dream. Made real. Steel, glass, concrete, but so much more. 
come with me, Aisha. Come with me to the campus. Blood Culture was written by David Wigram and featured the voices of Chetna Pandya, Bryony Afferson, Jack Claff, Nathan Bryan, Stephen Critchlow, Alan Gilchrist, Alexi Parkin, Chris Gates, Lizzie Parkinson, and Rob Rackstraw. The script supervisor was Lizzie Parkinson and the assistant director was Alan Gilchrist. The music was by Claire M. Singer, Simon James, and Michael Jakarczyk. The sound design was by Simon James. The biomedical consultant was Dr. Christina Lo Celso. The executive producer was Nick Ware, and the producer was Lance Dan. Blood Culture is a Resonance 104.4 FM production supported by the Wellcome Trust. Oh. Wow. Okay, so, <laughs> so to help us out with, with the science, we've got Dr. Christina. Hi, everyone. And obviously we have Bryony. Hello. So you're a lot less scary than Livy, actually. Really? Yes. Ah, that's <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> and uh, true. <laughs> and that's how we've got, and, uh, and we also, of course, have Jack. Hi. Hello, everyone. And me. And oh, Lance. Oh, and Lance. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. You're always here, Lance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we've got a chance now to talk about the characters and the acting and the performance, which we haven't before. Let's start with Jack. Have you had any experience of people like Richard? I, for some reason, I seem to attract uh, mavericks and uh, people who employ me, not not as an actor, but in, in an, a range of organizations. So... I've worked with, you know, guys who run think tanks, guys who run art centers and all that kind of thing. So uh, I've certainly encountered them. And I've also played, uh, I did a television thing called Making News, where they said, you're somewhere between Richard Branson and Rupert Murdoch. So for some reason, I, I don't say I play these kind of things every day, but it's certainly uh, a few of them have come my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, in the acting process, you kind of have to put your head in the place of the character. You, you have to yeah. kind of know where they come from. So... What sort of ways in which do you approach someone who's kind of extreme like this? Yes. I mean, it's interesting because shortly before I did this series, I did play Dracula. Did you? Yeah. Mm. And I also played Vlad the Impaler. Oh, right. Yes. In quick succession. Okay. Uh, so that's one thing. Then there's the CEO side of it. And then there's also the, the daddy and the parent side of it. So, mm. yeah, it all seemed to come together. What are those CEOs actually like, though? Come on, you've, you've, you've met some of the, the massive ego, massive... Well, the greatest is <laughs> Donald Trump. You'll never be anybody. I mean, he's kind of, he is the, he's the quintessential guy. Plays golf, you know, uh, 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 number one. Uh, but but the, the whole thing of you, you can't be wrong and they can sell you your own vomit, basically. Nice. <laughs> that, they can they can convince you of anything and, and, yeah. and it's not so much that they lie of although of course a lot of them do but they just want you to have a good time and they just want to sell you something uh, and, and, it, and it works it works you, you feel it when you meet them do you yeah and they and they, they you know some of us play if you play football right you you, you go for the cup or, or if you you know you act you may want an Oscar but you want the, the players to be successful you're doing something in order to achieve something else these people often don't do the thing they just go for the cup which is the dosh mm. so they understand that's the main you go for the main chance you go for the money number one number two they really are into power and they really don't care and the proportion of psychopaths among ceos is extremely mm. high because they don't care 
Mm. They just they're interested in their own people, so they'd say, "Look, I'm I'm feeding my children, so I'm a good guy." Now, uh, one of the characters in in this episode who's been pretty extreme um, is Livy, as she always is. Is is Livy a psychopath? Um, I don't think so. I don't think she has the sort of narcissistic qualities of a true psychopath. I mean, I I, I also get the impression she's doing what she does because of empathy. You know, she's not devoid of it. She 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 wants to make a change, doesn't I, she? I think so, and I think she just loves living on the edge. So whatever she can do to keep herself sort of over the line of normality, she's happy with. But yeah, she's not someone that likes to cause pain or, you know, create power over people. I mean, she she might have wanted a bit of power, I think, in episode four with the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, this but is a family different. podcast, so we'll just skim over that. Uh, <laughs> she, does, she does what needs to be done in any particular moment, and nothing will stop her. Well, actually, no, she does what she thinks needs to be done. I think that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not actually what needs to be done yeah. just to resolve any uh, moments. It's also, I kind of think there's just not enough space for female characters like that. It's brilliant because most of the roles I play yeah. are all, um, they're quite innocent. They always get violently beaten up or put into a predicament. And it's very, in fact, I, d I don't think I've ever really played a character that's been strong and forthright, gotten into fights, bitten, you know, just, <laughs> you know, this is the complete opposite end. And it's just fantastic to be in a production where that character exists alongside other strong female characters. You know, it exists in the world, well, so it should exist in fiction as well. Yeah, absolutely. These these people are out there. But it's, it's not just out there. It's just nothing I've ever seen was reflected in the world I lived in, which seemed to be matriarchal and uh, being surrounded by bullying women. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like the sense of like, where, where are these women in uh, drama? One of the other characters in this is, is Alan. So, Alan, when you're playing Alan... <laughs> yes. Yes, the imaginatively titled Alan. I've not really heard of that. <laughs> was the how, how did this how did this come about, Lance? Were you just thinking I need someone to play Al? Oh, Al will do. I wrote it with Alan in mind. We've worked together a lot in the past, haven't we, Alan? Yes, we have. Yeah, and, and including, it's always been great. Um, and <laughs> I had his voice in my head when I wrote that part. Rattling on at you monotonously. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that was that bit. And the, the, the big story you tell in three and you kind of take us to India. I knew that, yeah. was, that was written for Al. Yeah. And that was... And then... Oh, and all based in fact. So, but have you got loads to say about the character? Not a lot. No. You've I mean, done I mean, enough Geordie Hardman in your past, haven't you? Didn't yeah, you? I know, but I don't get to be proper hard men in your things, Lance. They always roll over and have their tummies tickled. <laughs> They're not proper tough guys, are they? You dealt with that security guard pretty nicely at the end there. Well, it's all in the script, love. Yeah, you beat the hell out of him, didn't you? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever been in a fight in real life? Never, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. You're a Geordie. You're not really going to put this on a podcast. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys go and chase after what is in this pouch of blood, and they find that it's not real blood, as it were. It's not blood that's been taken from somebody. It's been blood that's been built and put together. How do you go about putting together blood? It seems like the most natural thing in the world. Well, it is very natural for um, organisms and human beings that make it. Uh, but if you're in a lab and you want to make blood, 
that is a whole completely different story because you need to make a lot of very different things and each one of them is very complicated. Uh, so you will need to make a whole lot of proteins, uh, you will need to make a whole lot of red blood cells, you will need to make a whole lot of immune cells and they're all completely different and uh, yeah, it's really not an easy task. But I mean, uh, science moves on and, and, and people kind of discover processes and refine processes and we get better at things, new technology comes along. I mean, are we going to get to the point where we'll be able to just sort of on tap create blood? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to give up the, the, the big blood drives where people go and kind of have a needle in their arm? Is that going to go away? Well, I don't know if it will go away because it, it will be very hard to make um, artificial blood that will really be identical to the, the real one that you will get from donors. Uh, for sure, we will get better and better at creating every component. Uh, and so, for example, if somebody needs only one specific component of the blood, yes, probably the artificial option will become very, very real kind of soon. But if you need the whole thing, it will probably take a lot longer. Thanks. Do you know about these guys uh, in Holland who made the hamburgers? Yes. Is that in any way similar to what you're talking about? It is kind of similar. Yeah. And, and, and just back up for those who aren't <laughs> yeah, back aware up, back of what up, happened in Holland. I can make a hamburger. They made, <laughs> they made synthetic hamburgers without using animal. Hmm. So what they did, they made muscle cells. And in fact, when, you eat a, when we eat a hamburger or any meat, we are eating the muscle cells of the animals that it comes from. So in principle, if you start from cells that are able to make muscle, you will be able to make muscle and then you will have your muscle cells and you can turn them into a hamburger. Turns out the taste was not so great. Not so great, although they had two incidents. One was that somebody stole a hamburger from a bit of a hamburger from the lab. And the other thing is when I talked to the guy from Maastricht, I said to him, how much uh, you know how much is going to cost? He said uh, two hundred and fifty thousand euros. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry for one burger. For one burger, uh, but the, the price has gone down of late. That's what, was, that's what I've been leading Especially up to. Especially if it doesn't taste very nice. There's also, yeah, but you know, we're also talking about you know food shortages and that kind of thing. That's why that yeah, research. But is you important. have to then wonder what the nutritional value of a you know laboratory muscle fiber is. I mean, here's a choice. You know, vegetarian. Eating locusts, yeah. synthetic hamburger. Locust yeah. every time for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, are you, are you, you're, you're a locust fan? I've never had one. I almost bought a bag of them in town and then I just posted a picture of it on Facebook instead. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is more or less the equivalent. That's, that's, that's replaced eating. Well, i got to say thanks, everyone. Um, uh, for those of you listening who want to know more about these lovely actors, uh, they can go to blood-culture.com. And uh, everyone's details are on there. And that's also where you can go. And if you, I'm not sure why you'd want to at this stage, you can apply to work at Meta. It'd be great, wouldn't it? You'd really want to do that by now. Yeah, you? that's exactly where you want to be. I know we didn't we didn't see much of any, did we, recently? He's been doing stuff back at base. He's been doing stuff at sciencechack.space. Yeah, and you can see what he's up to there. Okay, so if you want to chat to us, you can find us at Blood Cultural uh, on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next time for the final installment of Blood Culture. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's like a children's song. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery. Following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator, 
follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.